And we're live. What's going on, everybody? How, hope you have a good Monday. God bless you guys. And uh, we're in for a very, very legendary debate today. It's another episode of Make America Debate Again. This is the Zionist debate. Hopefully, this will be the best Zionist, Israel, Palestine, US, whatever you want to call it, debate on the web. Please be respectful and show some love to Adam Green and Antar Davidson. Uh, they're both legends and very courageous to put their perspective to the test. So Antar is the Southwest Campus Director for Zionist Organization of America. He's also been on CNN, MSNBC recently, making his rounds talking about migrant camps. And he also told me he was the first American to bring down a private prison CEO. Adam Green is the host of No More News Channel on YouTube and other social media. Uh, he's been doing a lot of really great breakdowns of what's going on in the world, uh, specifically pointed at Israel, Netanyahu, US relations, all that stuff. I'm gonna let them introduce uh, themselves and tell, tell you guys what they're working on as well. We'll start with Antar so you could let people know. Excellent, hi, my name is Antar Davidson. I was born in San Francisco, California. Uh, I grew up mostly in Palo Alto, California. Um, I'm 32 years old. I'm currently, as you said, the Southwest Campus Coordinator. Uh, this past, I have a long history of activism, uh, degree in political science. I uh, was the first, uh, built the fastest civic project in my hometown of East Palo Alto, where I uh, brought together 30 skateboarders. Uh, we rallied City Hall, and within six weeks, uh, the city broke ground on a $125,000 skate park. Um, I've worked on campaigns. I've been always a, I was a, originally a wrestler in high school, soccer player. I, I, my father is a capoeira master from Brazil. So I've done Capoeira, the Brazilian art form uh, developed by slaves in Brazil since I was three years old. I was the US Open, second in the US Open in 2007. Um, so I was a athlete until I had suffered a an injury, injury in wrestling, which basically shifted me, took me away from what, being able to do sports. And basically politics became my sport at that time and just civic engagement. And so in that, in the, over the course of my lifetime, I spent, uh, a good two years in Israel in rabbinical school and also rapping where I was the personal assistant to the rapper Shine. If anyone remembers him, he was uh, uh, the protege of Puff Daddy and uh, was a shooting involved in a club. Uh, and he, he actually went down for nine years in prison. He converted to, he, well, his grandmother was Ethiopian Jewish. And so he actually had a whole reawakening and he ended up, he signed a deal with Def Jam and then moved to Israel uh, where he was in Jerusalem and at that point I met up with them. I had been rapping in Jerusalem for quite some time, um, like doing shows um, in English and also studying in rabbinical school. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, from there, I pretty much I've done like rap, uh, tour study. I spent two years in Mexico as at working at an investment firm uh, with friends from college. Uh, recently, the startup started down in, in Monterrey and I went back to school uh, to the University of Arizona to finish up my degree, which I had left to pursue rabbinical studies. I came back. Uh, studied political science. In that time, I became an intern for the ZOA uh, over the summer. I did a summer internship. Uh, I did a student fellowship over a year. Um, and I got to lobby. I got to go to Israel. I got to really be put into the game through this wonderful organization. And then from there, um, I took my first job out of they They had worked to build a new region for me, which is the Southwest region. Um, and in that time, I took my first job, which was at Southwest Key. Um, so Southwest Key is a, it was, it was proposed to be a nonprofit, a humanitarian nonprofit aimed at serving a, a population of unaccompanied alien children was the legal definition for them. And they were mostly 14 to 17 year old kids from Guatemala. They were given a special status by uh, former president Barack Obama, um, which allowed them to come to the United States. Um, this, I, I, so I was hired there to teach capoeira um, 
to like teach these kids martial art. They were mostly indigenous kids. Um, interesting, I found uh, that they mostly were, they, Spanish actually as a second language. They mostly spoke indigenous Mayan dialects. So I was setting up this, uh, I came in with the greatest of intentions. My mother uh, being Jewish, we have family that came from Ellis Island, that were immigrants. My father is an immigrant uh, from Brazil who uh, basically became legal, like is now a citizen. And so I felt the duty to kind of help people and see what things were going um, and also get experience at the border, which uh, is very important here in Tucson. Um, and so in this job, I got to meet these kids and hear their story. And what I thought was a humanitarian, basically as I started like getting involved with this organization and seeing their day-to-day -day operations, um, I, I came to realize that it was not really a humanitarian nonprofit uh, making these dream kids' dreams come true as I had been led to believe and the most of the American public has been led to believe. But instead it was actually a private prison that this guy was running. Um, Juan Sanchez was the CEO. He had set, at the time that I started doing interviews, he had set a salary of himself for about a million and a half dollars all tax money, by the way, a million and a half dollars. Um, his for his wife had his wife had a five hundred thousand dollar salary. Um, his CFO had a million dollar salary. They had it acquired using public funds, more than a hundred million dollars in private uh, real estate assets. And basically, and over the course of the program, they received one point seven billion dollars. Uh, essentially, to what they did effectively was created a private prison um, on the backs of migrants, uh, Central American youth, which even beforehand was also a sketchy situation. There's a lot of uh, allegations that he had been recruiting uh, kids to come. Yeah. And you got it on like CNN, MSNBC, and uh, it's all on YouTube, right? Because I want to, I just want to get to Adam, but uh, yeah, no, and I'll let people look into that because I know you do a lot. So they could check out your activism and stuff elsewhere. So Adam, let people know a little bit of what you do and then we'll get into it. Yeah, thanks, Anomaly. Your introduction was fine. It's Adam Green with No More News, and that's K-N-O-W, so knowledge, knowing more news. It's also nomorenews.org. I, I cover Zionism, politics, um, and uh, end times prophecy, the religious aspect that, that weaves into so much of this. And I really appreciate you, Anomaly. I asked you just like about a week ago to set a, up a debate for me and you you did it right away. So I really appreciate and you commend you for that. So thanks. And thank yeah, you no, as well, Antar, for uh, being open to have a important dialogue. Dialogue is everything. No problem. It brought, you told me to look out for someone and then my friend sent me his link. I was like, oh, this is perfect. All right, let's get into it. No more further delay. I have a few questions. I'm going to start with probably the most basic one. When it comes to Israel and Palestine, who deserves uh, what land and why? So Antar, you could start. Yeah. So, you know, that seems to be a the cornerstone of the debate a lot of times. Sure. Well, I think really it's important to frame the question. I think one important fact, which is often omitted in, in public dialogue regarding the issue, is that Palestinians actually, the Palestinian people uh, have sovereignty of about 98% of the land in which they live in. Um, it's also when you discuss Palestinians, you have to realize you're talking about two separate, two disparate governments. Uh, you have the West the communities in Judea, uh, the West Bank, uh, based in Ramallah, is run by the Palestinian Authority, um, and the Gaza Strip, which was given unilaterally by by Israel uh, in 2003, I believe, um, is completely sovereign to Hamas. Um, so I think right now, I think it's a it's a matter of so if it's a question of sovereignty, the people have sovereignty in the lands in which they live, and I think it's it belongs to the people that are most committed to peace, and it belongs to the people that are that are, are, are working towards that. Adam. 
You say it belongs to the people that are most committed to peace, but if people come in and steal your land and bulldoze your homes, and then um, and then when you fight back, you say, oh, well, you're not being peaceful. I, I just don't see that. But what about the plan for Eretz Israel and the, the greater Israel plan and having uh, the boundaries be the promised land from the, the Nile to the or the Tigris to the Euphrates, the two rivers? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Is that what you're No, 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 no. I'm saying on on the flag, uh, on the Israeli flag. Let's stick, question, let's stick to the question he just asked. Which people are more deserving? I answered very directly. I would like you to answer the question. Okay, more deserving. I think the people that have been there um, continuously for generations and generations, they had their villages, they were there. And foreign invaders that come in from, from Europe that show up and say, this is our land. Uh, God gave it to us. I don't think that's a justification to kick people out of their homes. Okay. Yeah, me neither. I don't think that's uh, either. Okay. Effectively, you've actually condensed about 2,000 years of history into one assumption that was two seconds. So you have to break down. Again, this is the importance of understanding the issue is nuance. Um, if you paint it a black and white binary stroke over the issue, you'll literally never understand the complexities of it and you'll get caught up in, in kind of an endless loop in which you constantly blame one side for the, the suffering of another. Um, and you'll never actually get to understand peace on the ground and what that will take. Um, the fact of the matter is you have to look, the entire land beforehand was uh, was basically, uh, was part of the Ottoman Empire during World War One. If you remember the Ottoman Empire decided to uh, choose a losing side in World War One, And at that point, the land their lands were given over to the British. Um, the British, actually, if, if, if we're looking to blame a, a group for uh, for um, for problems in the Middle East, you have to look at the British because the British, the, mal the mandate, essentially what's happened, as you mentioned, for what's happened in the on the ground in- Like how the terrorists bombed the King David Hotel, the British the British embassy? Yeah, that was the Lafitte party, yeah. We in America also fought a war against the British. British colonial rule mm -hmm. has actually been fought all over the world. So what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is, is you have to understand that on the ground in the land, you can say the land of Palestine, whatever you want, which is what it was called at the time, mm -hmm. there has been constant Jewish presence of Jews and, and ethnic Arabs of the Levant for all for the entire time. There's always been. Um, and, and when they founded Israel, they wanted to get rid of all the Arabs and they want to have a, a Jewish yeah. state. And they made it impossible to have a two-state solution when they sprinkled all and continued to build the illegal settlements throughout the West Bank. Uh, violating the the, the the whole world's uh, and the UN's decisions, okay. with the US protecting them at the Security and Council. You're not even letting me finish. We're going back to understanding how the British colonial, the British colonial forces essentially pitted the Jews and the Palestinians against each other and created a conflict. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar with a person by the name of the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, uh, El-Hajj Amin al-Husseini. Are you aware of him? Yeah, I've heard of him. Can you tell me who he is? He, he was the, the Muslim leader in Jerusalem. That's a simple stroke to paint the one of the most, he's the father of Palestinian nationalism. And the basically Yasser Arafat had his last name until mm -hmm. he became more prominent and took it out. He, you can find quotes of Yasser Arafat um, in which he praises, still to this day, you can find quotes from Abbas in which they praise um, this man who is the uh, grand, named the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem. He was the voice of the, um, the Arabs of the region. Um, you have to also understand when you say Palestine, it also shows that what you have to understand on the ground, um, as is always with colonial designation, Palestinian is a, is a, is a, a, a term which was manifest 
after colonialism, if you want to look at the original uh, source of it, it was essentially a Roman, a, a tool of Roman colonialism. In, in Arabic, there is no word for P. <laughs> if you hear, if you meet a person who speaks, it's B, the B, a P comes out as a B. There is the Palestine is a Roman tool that was used to put down the people of Judea. So you have to also understand that in, in these lands, they're tribal, they're organized by tribes. Are you reading, are you reading from a script? No, I'm just looking at my beautiful self. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, you know, I, I don't really want to go back through through all the thousands of years of history. The, the bottom line is that in the last 70 years, people in Palestine that have been there uh, for for generations were kicked out of their homes so that they could have so so terrorists could go cause problem over there and found a state. And the fact that the Balfour Declaration. And, and the British decided to give it and said, oh, there would no be, it, the Palestinians would be treated fine. That obviously hasn't happened. And now they're being oppressed. There's apartheid walls. They're humiliated at checkpoints. They're bulldozing homes, bulldozing uh, olive farms. They're being bombed. Okay, so so talking about people's homes being tropes. bulldozed is- using uh, You're using tropes. You don't even understand the colonial tropes. history area. Yes, it's a trope. People have been saying the things you've been saying since the beginning of the conflict. You can't even legitimately- Then maybe they're true. Just because people have say, been saying them for a long time doesn't mean they're not true. Same things of Do you think all, all quote unquote anti-Semitic tropes are false? <sighs> here, here, let me ask you something, okay? You, you work for the no, ZOA. No. I don't know if you're, you're no. representing them uh, or not right now, but- Paige, you what? still haven't answered the first question. Like, we're- we're trying to have a dialogue and you're trying to basically avalanche a bunch of accusations on me. First Dude, of all- You're reading from a script. You've talked more than I have. I'm reading from a script. What are you talking about, bro? Where's the script? I'm I don't know. I don't know. On, on your computer screen? I don't know. It just looked like you were reading. On my computer screen. Okay. Do you have another question, Anomaly? Or can I, yeah, can yeah. I ask something that I wanted to address? Uh, yeah. I have a few. If you Do you want to save it and just go down the- Yeah. 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 Just, just save it, Adam, and then if it doesn't get answered in the next few, you could just bring it up, or you could bring it up in this one. So the second question was to you, and then like I went to Antar first on the first question. So this mm -hmm. one's more to you, and then I'll let Antar, you know, respond. Um, you know, your channel, Adam, highlights a lot of Zionist slash Israeli influence not only in the United States but in the Middle East uh, and all over the world. How deep does it go in your perspective, and why is it a problem? My biggest problem right now is how Israel has subverted uh, the country through their through religion, through Christian Zionism. They have so many evangelical Christians that are all emotionally invested in in a foreign country because it fits their their religious end times prophecy. They want to help Israel because they think they're God's chosen people and that they need to help them. Many of them believe they need to help them rebuild the temple so that Jesus can return and the second coming will happen. And, and I see that as a problem that they're making um, policy decisions based off of their apocalyptic uh, religious fantasies. Antar, what do you think? Sure. Um, I don't see that. It's just, it's a little confusing to present like a, the Abrahamic faiths. That narrative is shared by the entire world. The founders of this country were Christian. Also, it's a part it's of it. It's not shared by the entire Stop world. Interrupting me. Stop interrupting me. Sorry, sorry. Stop interrupting me. Okay. Right? Do you want to talk or do you want to just avalanche things on me? Because I'm I could I'm trying to take this seriously, but I could also just start making fun of you also. <laughs> 
And that would be- I haven't made fun of anybody, but if you want to do that, by all means, please start making fun of me. That's a great argument. Continue the positive dialogue because I, if it's going to get crazy, then I'll get crazy too, all right? So I want to address what you said, all right? So I, the Abrahamic faith, to this day, the number one top seller in the world is the Bible. It's shaped modern society. I don't understand the idea of subversion of the Jewish people. Where does that come in? Honestly, I'll tell you where it comes in. And this is going to be a spoiler alert to all the people that subscribe to your channel. Everything you've said is written in a book called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which was put out by the Russians against the Tsarist Empire. The whole concept of a Zionist plot to take over the world was meant to cap. You can Google it also if you want. Protocols of the Elders of Zion. It was literally put, put out by the by the Russian intelligence at the era to capitalize on pre-existing anti-Semitism and get them to kill Jews and, and leave the Tsar alone. 1903, Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Throughout the Middle East, it's in Syria, it's a bestseller. In, in many uh, Arab countries, it's still published as, as truth. But this whole plot that the Jews are here to take over the world, it's been said before. You're not saying anything new, you're literally repeating what's been proven to be a, a blatant lie. Okay, so you a couple things. You said that everything on my channel is the protocols of the elder of Zion. I've got hundreds of videos, uh, hours and out, probably weeks of of content. And you've known about me for how long? A few days. And you're no, going to summarize all of my work? No, it, I, I've, I've, I will, I'm glad that I've only been just introduced to you. All you do is talk about Zionists. What is the problem? They're and running our country. They're, have you not seen the news? Have you not seen the wars? No one watches. No one watches you. You're not involved in anything, bro. You sit in your room and make videos. That's no one funny. cares about what you're doing except for the other people that are also sitting in their room watching videos. I've but almost got a hundred thousand subs and ten million, ten million views. I have a daughter and a family that I'm building up, and I'm very happy with my life. The fact of the matter is, you need to just realize, like, you don't have any privileged information, bro. Like, all right, anomaly, anomaly. All right, I want to bring up my point. ZOA, the Zionist Organization of America, one of their top funders is Sheldon Adelson. There is. Okay. Nice. When Americans talk about a foreign lobby that's working for the benefit and for the the uh, for a foreign country, we say anything about foreign lobbies, they go, "Oh, that's anti-Semitic. You're talking about dual loyalty." Where? Sheldon Adelson, literally, I've got clips of him saying all he cares about is being a good Zionist and a good citizen of Israel. And this guy literally bought our president and is known as the kingmaker. And everybody knows he's Israel first. That's a problem. Having people buy our openly buy our politicians, all of both sides bipartisanly going to APEC and groveling for the support. That's a problem when there's so much influence of a foreign country openly buying our politicians. The last two years, we heard the media nonstop talk about Russia interfering in, in American yeah. politics. Meanwhile, look at what Israel's doing. What's Israel doing? Israel announced at the beginning of the year a cure for cancer. <laughs> it's the only democracy. Oh my gosh. You really got the talking points down, man. What talking well, points, bro? It's, here, let me go. Only democracy in the Middle East, our greatest yeah. ally, um, God's chosen people, yeah. the smartest yeah. IQ. Yeah. Okay. Look that up. So, Last so word, hold on. Not, okay, not, go ahead. I'll let you talk for a second. Please, Louise, yeah. bro. This is ridiculous. The last words of the last words of President Lincoln as he died were, "I wish I could see Jerusalem." You have to understand, like I don't understand which America you live in. Also, I think it just it sounds like very unappreciative, bro. I think 
You mentioned that. I should be more appreciative. That's funny. No, look, you sit in your room. You say whatever you want freely. Are you not in a room right now? Does not is not everybody in the world in a room? Yeah, let's keep let's keep on you know on debate because obviously you guys are. I got another point I want to address. Something he said to me. Okay, you said that I'm a conspiracy theorist. That I think that there's a a a plan an end times prophecy that Zionism means a, a plan to rule the world. I want everybody to Google right now Ben Gurion Supreme Court of Mankind. He gave a, an interview where he gave a prediction for the future, and he says it's basically going to be a, a world government, no armies, a Supreme Court of Mankind in Jerusalem as prophesied by Isaiah. That is end times Zionist prophecy wanting to rule the world from Jerusalem. And right now you can go to World Net Daily, a Zionist uh, right wing media. The founder won a ZOA Journalist of the Year award. They have all these articles about the Third Temple, about the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is calling for the UN to, to end and to have a new United Nations in Jerusalem. And the Sanhedrin, the last Sanhedrin was destroyed when the Second Temple was destroyed by the Romans. Yeah, there's new guys around say, saying that they're the new Sanhedrin. Sure there are. There's people around saying there's a Zionist plot to control the world. You can't believe everything you hear. Okay, well, what about Chabad Lubavitch? They're the most influential Jewish group in, in the world, and they're all about the Messiah and rebuilding the temple and having – or the chief Sephardic rabbi, Ovadia Yosef, says the non-Jews are only here on earth to serve them. He doesn't speak for every Jew. Well, He's like the most respected. He's like the Pope of Israel. The, the Chabad rabbis that say that their souls are higher than Gentile souls. And the Sephardic rabbi who says that we're only here to, to uh, plow the fields and work for them. It's supremacist. It's, it, Zionism is, is apocalyptic, end times prophecy, supremacist. Calm down. There's no, there's supremacists in every group. You can't, uh, we have to, you are, your whole concept is based on looking at people as a monolith. And based on looking at Zionism as a monolith, it's not. Zionism, no one person speaks for Zionism. I know that. I know that. No one person. the consensus and no, the biggest consensus. ones and the most respected ones. No consensus. Stop. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You're not. You don't know any of this stuff. I spent years in medical school. I don't know anything. Okay. Well, you teach me something. Okay. Am I wrong about Chabad wanting the Moshiach to return? Sure. We want Moshiach now. We don't want to wait. People is he going to be the king of the world? And does, do you want the Gentiles to follow the Noahide laws? Is, is none of this true? Okay. Yeah. That's all written. Not, it's all written. Hold on. Yeah, let him, let him, speak. Yeah, let him speak. Yeah. You're going nuts right now. These are, these are religions. Also, let me break down what the concept of the Messiah is because I think you really got it confused. What the Messiah is in basic terms is the belief, the reason that people believe in a Messiah and the reason it's a central tenet of most every major faith, you could also look at it as the hero. There's, I grew up Hare Krishna. My father is a Brazilian convert to, to Hare Krishna, to Hinduism. So I grew up steeped in those stories. And the hero, the idea of a hero, the idea of the Messiah, the reason it has so much traction throughout the world is because it's the, under, the belief that one person can fix all these problems that we're going through and usher in an era of peace. People really believe that. And that's something that drives people in very religious ways. If you can't believe that one person can, the basic tenet of Judaism is this, right? We're made of a body and a soul. Our soul is an element of the divine. Our body is physical. We have to find a way to translate both experiences so that our soul is peaceful and our body is peaceful. The concept now, we live in a world of conflict everywhere. The reason people tie into a concept of Messiah is because they want that one, they believe, we all have to believe that one person, a human person, 
can help us usher out of all these problems. I okay, this is turning into a filibuster, man. This is, I got other points, important points cool. to get to. One more anomaly and then, because and, something on he said, okay? So so we got Adelson saying all he cares about is being a good Zionist. He regrets wearing American uniform. He's obviously Israel first. He, he buys our president. He funds the ZOA. There is a problem with people in America having loyalty to Israel, dual loyalty, maybe even more loyalty for Israel. It's a real concern. And groups like the ZOA are trying to violate Americans' First Amendment rights to talk about allegiance that, Amer that people have to foreign countries. And you guys want to make that illegal. Ilhan Omar just mentions that APEC exists and that money buys influence in Washington and all of ZOA being the biggest offender went lost their minds trying to get her kicked out of Congress, trying to pass all these new bills. We have the right to question people in a foreign country meddling in our country. So what, uh, why not talk about care? And her speaking at care fundraisers. It seems I like will. D does care I'm own our media? Did care get us to go into all these wars? Jewish does, does CARE have a bipartisan support? Did the leader of CARE go into Congress and get 19 standing ovations and, and hey, like, like he's the king of the world or something? No. You can't compare Muslims to Muslim control of America to I'm not, uh, APEC, I'm not, I'm APEC not. control and Jewish lobby. Okay. But anyway, so this whole thing about dual loyalty, Herzl, the founder of Zionism, and you can go, you can find this on my YouTube. I played the clip a lot. Barry Trachtenberg, he's the, he's a, the professor at Wake Forest, Jewish professor. So he went to Congress and he fought this law that, that people are trying to um, enact the, to define anti-Semitism as talking about loyalty to Israel. He says that's one of the fundamental principles of Zionism. That's what Herzl said, and that it's useless to be patriots in the countries where you reside. And this idea that all Jews have birthright and every Jew around the world has instant citizenship to Israel, Dual loyalty, or and not even just dual loyalty, but um, many countries have that. You're not not like maybe they do to a degree, but not like the Israeli lobby in America. I'm not going to argue you because if I responded to filibuster, I just want to say so. Your idea is to expose the Zionists, expose the plots. What's your solution? What should we do with these Zionists? Well, for a start, I don't think we should be starting wars so that uh, for Israel's benefits in the Middle East. Where's I don't think we should be talking about destroying Muslim holy sites to fulfill end times prophecies. I don't think we should give Israel a monopoly of control over cybersecurity and all in the future of technology. Watch my video, Netanyahu's plan to rule the world with advanced technology. Uh, yeah, I w that was kind of my next question. We touched okay. on it, but I'm, I'm going to let Antar really say, because I understand a lot of it and, and stuff is nuanced and there's different perspectives and stuff in every ideology. But um, as you said, you know, Adam doesn't think that Israel is such a great ally and you have a lot of politicians and, you know, also pundits and stuff who says that Israel is the best ally and the greatest ally. So that's what I kind of want to get your perspective on, Antar. Why do you think that Israel is a great uh, ally? Sure. I think one thing you have to realize uh, is just understanding history. If you don't understand history, like I really saw him write down about the protocol of the elders of Zion. So the thing is, is history from the beginning of the foundation of this country, you can find quotes from George Washington and you can find quotes from every of the founding fathers. George Washington specifically, this America was built as a place for religious freedom. It was built, he maintained contact with the Jews of Rhode Island and told them this will be a place where you're free. 
Where unlike you, unlike Israel, um, where it's a yeah, Jewish let, theocracy, yeah. the Jewish state. Sorry. Let him, yeah, let him talk though, because I want to hear. From Briefly, there's 22 Muslim countries that make up a billion people throughout that spreads from Morocco into Indonesia. Mm-hmm. There's one place the size of New Jersey that's a Jewish country. I haven't seen you said anything about all like you just need to realize like when you focus on one country, it shows a bias. But the fact, but anyways, the fact of the matter is, stop, stop talking to me. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that this country was founded with Israel as the as the inspiration. People have built this country built based on the Bible, where they wouldn't be free from the corruption of of people misusing the Bible, which is what they experienced in Europe. And so, basically, this has always been a place that has been inspired. The last words, again, I repeat to you, the last words of Lincoln said to his wife, "Where I wish I could have seen Jerusalem." The concept of democracy, the concept of freedom and morality and values, which is what people fight for. People fight for the Constitution in this country. These are all things that are based in the tradition. Jesus, at the end of the day, was Jewish, and that's a big big inspirer for people. Jesus lived a life that was based in in Jewish customs. And so we're re-understanding what faith means to people in life, and faith is a very important factor for people. My goal is building families, building safe, safe families, and that people should be able to build their f- families in safety and prosperity. I don't go around talking about destroying people or anything. I think it's important to believe, to remember that according to the history of this country, Israel has always been an inspiration, and today we live in a place that's more free than any other society in the history of the world. And uh, before before you go in, Adam, I just want to ask Antar again because I get. You know, the the question was, um, why is Israel a great ally? And I understand the history. No, 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 you're good. You're good. It, it, trust me, you're good. Um, the, you know, the history of it from the founding fathers to the Bible. What about in the modern, in the modern era? Sure. I get, so, yeah, I get the history and you're saying that it, it kind of crafted the way for America. But yeah. So in- that, that's what it is. In, in This will allow me to go into another issue, an area which is now facing us, which is the this was released to Operation Cassandra 2017. Um, showed that uh, the Obama administration allowed uh, Iran via Hezbollah to work with drug cartels throughout Latin America. As we know, in the, in the United States, the number one cause of death is uh, drug overdose, and the amount of money made through the drug industry has been a huge uh, scourge on our country. Um, 70,000 plus deaths happened last year. So this this is propagated by Hez- Hezbollah did the same thing, um, which is also in, in Lebanon as a proxy of Iran as well. And so it's important to realize that these are all documents, like you can find this, you can speak to, to, to diplomats, which is who I talk to. And so you have to realize like, we're facing the same enemy uh, increasingly. And so- um, I, I hear what you're I'm, I'm gonna ask one more and then Adam, I'm gonna let you roll real quick. I just wanna ask. So do you think, cause uh, I'm you know an American citizen born and raised, I'm not Jewish, although many people think I am, like I said before we started, um, but do you think American citizens have the right to be skeptical. I'm skeptical of everything. I'm skeptical of US politicians. And it does it does seem like uh, there's a lot of politicians. I wouldn't care. I mean, it's not even that big of a deal, but I wouldn't care so much if we were getting a lot of stuff, but it seems like our country's really divided. And a lot of people that seem to, even like Nancy Pelosi, she'll say, even if our capital crumbles, uh, we'll stand with Jerusalem. That type of rhetoric, I'm like, well, she's Mm-hmm. crushing our country and then she says that if it fell she would stand like that's the stuff that kind of weirds me out and a lot of citizens i hear that i don't i don't i don't support that either and and as i said one thing about getting more into politics is realizing that mostly people just speak for themselves and so the fact of the matter is israel is a very important democracy for us it's a it's a country that um has it's the only place in the middle east 
in which, like I said, I don't want to get into, I see you, so I'll just say, but the fact of the matter is, um, we have a robust Jewish community. No one, again, bringing up the boycotts, the, the, the right to boycott was not ever under threat. It was a right to boycott as a government contractor. Um, the Before we get into boycott, can I address all the other stuff? Because I've already written like a page of notes to respond to all that. The amount of trade that is done with Israel on a daily basis. I live in Tucson where Raytheon is and Boeing and they produce, they create a lot of jobs in America. There's a lot of partnerships throughout. Um, Israel has created things like cherry tomatoes, drip irrigation. There's a lot of uh, innovations in the medical field. Um, it's a, it's a, technology is also a place Israel is a place that has, has bred innovation out of necessity. And so it's essentially within 15 years, Israel became a first world country and it was built on the backs of refugees from, from North, North Africa, throughout North Africa and Europe. And because they were faced with an immense pressure from all sides, by when they declared independence, all countries, A, kicked out all their Jews throughout North Africa. There was 800,000 Jewish refugees that were from Muslim countries. They defended themselves. And in 15 years, when you have a crucible like that, right, diamonds are created through pressure. So when you have a crucible like that, where everyone's trying to kill you, and if it's either survive or innovate, you innovate. And that's why, that's why Israel has continued to produce more and more technology, more and more things that are beneficial to the American public, and has been one of the most productive allies in American, in American history. Adam, I'll let you rock it for a second. You're well versed. You're well versed in the Hasbro talking points. I gotta, uh, gotta uh, give you credit for that. So, true. why is Israel not a good ally? They they attacked and covered up the USS Liberty. They've been caught many times spying. They're they're one of the um, biggest spy threats on America. It came out in the leaked Snowden documents. The subversion of of media and and politics, and especially the schools, student governments. Have you seen? Antar, the Al Jazeera documentary about the Jewish lobby. Sure. They don't you've seen, you've seen the four-part series, 40 APAC. minutes each? I'm not APAC, and I, I, lobbying is a tool. It, of it doesn't matter if you're APAC. APAC and ZOA are, are just... Uh, We're often at odds with each other. You're not a part of either of these organizations. How do you know? Not, well, when it comes to being pro-Israel, you're not. I'm pro-Israel. different. What does that mean? To, like? Okay. Still, I'll, just, I'll let you go to Adam. I just want to say, and this doesn't not say that it's a good documentary because I didn't see it, but I know Al Jazeera is state funded by Qatar as well, too. So I just when they say like foreign influence in media, they never address like the BBC, uh, Al Jazeera's Qatar. And then there's a, you know, it's few not a secret. It's Al Jazeera. Everybody knows it's it's it doesn't matter who puts it out when it's secret undercover footage of them admitting uh, incriminating stuff in their own words. What? Are you reading off notes right now? I am. Yeah, actually, I do have notes. I'm not yeah. reading them word for word, though, like a script. I've just got bullet points. And you accused me of reading off a script, and now you're reading off a script? Oof. Sorry, I prepared with a couple bullet points. <laughs> All right, let's keep it. Let's keep Al Jazeera it on documentary. You, you, have you seen it, Antar? My whole area. Have you seen the documentary, Antar? Everybody that hasn't seen it, I've done compilations on my channel. And I'm working on that. I don't have time to watch every video. Sorry. Okay. Well, well, since you haven't seen it, let me say a few of the things that, that go on in it with undercover footage. People openly bragging about... Okay. He talks yeah. about uh, me interrupting. Yeah. Let, let, uh, let, let Adam go for now. They're openly bragging about buying the politicians and, and controlling lobbying and controlling the think tanks and having uh, incredible control over media. They're, they're slandering and defaming anybody that speaks against them. They're sending astroturfers, fake pro paid protesters to go disrupt nonviolent BDS events on campus. 
they're literally admitting to having APEC and other uh, Zionist organizations spies all over the schools. And they, they even say, yeah, we don't say we're with APEC, but they do all this secret stuff. And then they write little cables and send them back to Israeli intelligence for in the Knesset and stuff. This is all admitted. It's open spying going on in America. And it shows the control in, of the media in America that this documentary was not widely talked about. And you guys tried to suppress this documentary, calling it anti-Semitic, when it's nothing but undercover footage of you guys admitting stuff in your own words. You keep saying you guys. I don't remember. The Jewish lobby. You're a Jewish lobby. You're lobbying on behalf of a foreign country in our country. Could you imagine in Israel if there was all these other lobbies from other countries trying to get aid and billions of dollars and get them to start wars and stuff? It would be, uh, it, it's it's laughable. It would happen nowhere else. I let, yeah, let Anti respond. Uh, yeah, it's, there's lobbies for literally everything. It's a function of democracy. It used to be before democracies that you just kill people or you pay. But you them. say we can't talk about lob uh, APEC. You guys say it's anti-Semitic to even say oh, APEC let, exists. Let Antar, let, yeah, let Antar respond. Listen, the fact of the matter is, it's very clear that you're not really addressing this in, this argument as like this debate. As well, we'll let the audience de uh, decide. Yeah, let, let, let Antar respond. Yeah. Give him, give him, give him a minute, two minutes, please. You really think that I, that I, as an individual, represent? You're talking to me as if I represent all the Jewish lobby, and all, you're monolithing. It's we're not a monolith. Nothing is a monolith except monoliths. You're all Jewish yeah. lobbies. But let, yeah, let Stop him, playing the semantics game. That, let like, him, let it's like the no true Scotsman. Yeah. Let Anti respond because okay. I want to. I want to just hear as well. well he's I, saying I, something, I, and then I'm responding back to it. To his I point. got you. I, it, When he talks and makes a million points, it's hard for me to respond to each one, and stuff slips by. No, I understand. Well, Anti, I want to ask you because I understand. I have Jewish friends, and I have ones that like feel very differently about foreign policy. I have ones that feel very differently religiously. I understand it's not a monolith. So explain to me. You, I guess, you know, just respond, sure. respond in that. Because yeah. partnership, the, the relationship between is, Israel has the most college degrees per capita. Um, for example, I know people that work. I have uh, a close personal friend who's a who's a, an editor for the American Journal of Medicine. And there's a disproportionate amount of thing of findings that come out from Israel. It's a country in which people there. One of the things that the, the Jews have been successful. That's true. That's hard to deny. The Jews have also been in the last hundred years. More than ten million have been killed between Stalin and and Hitler. So it's a it's a it's a two two way street. There's been a lot of success, and you have to look at why that success has been. It hasn't been. You're naive to think that if you think that people could just be bought and sold so easily and so openly. The fact of the matter is, the Jews place high high importance on three things: the community, family, and education and knowledge. And that has kept us together, and that has kept us through 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 all the things that have happened. These are not exclusive. None of these things are secrets. And the idea is that these things can be shared. Israeli technology is shared with Americans throughout the world. There's different partnerships that go on at each level, from education to doctor in the private sector. Don't interrupt me again. And that's what a partnership looks like. A partnership looks like people helping each other and understanding and creating more prosperity. In my state alone, I live in the state of Arizona. The state of Arizona does $280 million of business with Israel a year. And that means that's prosperity. That means jobs. That means things here on the ground. You can point to problems, but at the end of the day, you need to you need to feed, feed your families. People need to feed their families in as much peace as possible. I just had a baby. My baby is four and a half months old and peace is my most primary concern. And that's important. That's, that's what everything is. You can't, uh, anything that's a threat to peace, it's going to be a problem. People are focused on building their families. Do you not think Israel is a threat to peace in the Middle East? No. 
Not in the same way that that Hamas is. I love how you guys like to, uh, you oppress people and then you play the victim. You're so good at doing that. They send a little bottle rocket out and then you guys retaliate with a with 100 targeted attacks. Uh, a couple other things you said. Do you support Hamas? No, I don't support Hamas. Do you think that Hamas is a democratic government? Um, I believe, didn't Israel allow them to have elections and they and they won? Uh, well, not quite, actually. Israel gave, gave, gave over Gaza unilaterally the entire Gaza Strip was given away and the Jewish communities were uprooted actually very suddenly. Um, within days, uh, Hamas staged a violent coup and actually killed or expelled all of the Palestinian Authority members there and held an election, uh, which has kept them empowered through then. Um, until then, they, they maintain tunnels, they have uh, tunnel traffic, Tramadol, which is a drug that is trafficked by the Muslim Brotherhood is an opioid. All right, we, we need a timer or something, I mean, He's just saying so much stuff that, it, like, I haven't even responded to a bunch of stuff that I got to refute that he said in the last diatribe. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a minute or two. Go ahead, and then we'll ask Actually, another question. Thing, you, you're, you're. Who are you? Who's your side? Do you support? Do you support Hamas? You don't support Israel? Like, like I I'm, I'm on the side of justice. <laughs> you are. I don't. I don't pick a side. I'm not. I'm not Muslim. I'm not. I'm not a Palestinian. I'm American. So who do you speak for? Who do you? What side are you on? America or Israel? Come on, what are you talking about? I'm an American citizen. You can be both. How are they mutually exclusive? Do you think that there's there, there's people in America that if you put a gun to their head, they would choose Israel over America? Do you think that if people like cucumbers taste better pickled, we might find a way to pickle them quicker? What are you talking about? You're making up situations. <laughs> you just Very simple hypothetical questions. Well, let's stick. Yeah, let's stick to the okay, argument. Let me respond to just real quick to a couple of things he said a few minutes ago. He said, oh, Israel is a tiny country and blah, blah, blah. How small was Rome and how much? Uh, how, look at their empire. Look at Britain, their little island, their giant empire. That's that's a lame excuse. Also, you try to say, oh, you want to talk all the time about Israel, but you don't talk about all this other stuff going on in the world. It's their their favorite argument. And this is the what about them argument or the double standard. So as long as there's any other injustice going on in the world, we can't say anything about Israel. You're just going to point the finger somewhere else. That's a non-argument. Hold on. Okay. You're free to say whatever you want. When have I even talked to you until now? I'm literally listening to you and engaging you. On oh, my own time. We're free to boycott and to talk about boycotting in America, or you guys want to pass laws where <laughs> where where local governments that that can only give contracts to pro-Israel companies, and then the pro-Israel companies give the give the donations to the candidate, and this pro-Israel circle. Hey, boycotts is an American right, and I'm of course incredibly offended that Jewish groups like APEC and ZOA are trying to take away our fundamental right to boycott. You don't speak nonviolent protest. You guys are trying to take away our right. fundamental American rights. Land response on your own dime. All of the laws addressed to government contractors. If you want to be, if you want to fight for human rights, you don't. The government doesn't pay for your fight for your boycott. The laws. This is a tactic I've seen you guys do over and over and over again. Marco Rubio came out with that bill. It was the first bill of the Senate while the government was shut down was about us not boycotting a foreign country. And oh, what do you know? Marco Rubio is another Sheldon Adelson little puppet. Just like Trump just appointed the anti-Semitism czar, Elon Carr, another Adelson puppet. So we have Adelson puppets all over the place dictating for pro-Israel policies. But if we say anything about it, they call us anti-Semitic and say it's a trope. Let that is complete BS. Let Antar respond to you. The laws apply to people receiving government funds. 
Let me repeat that. I know you're going to give out government contracts to only pro-Israel people and put all the not and anybody that talks about BDS risks losing contracts. It's un-American. Everybody knows it. Uh, Not everybody knows it. You don't speak for any group. What I'm telling you is the laws apply to people receiving government funds. As an individual, you are free to boycott whoever you want. I know that. Okay. It's still a problem. There should be no laws about boycotting foreign countries. I'm sorry, but every American on American dime, you don't get financed from the government to boycott governments that are have positive business relationships with the U.S. It applies I, to well. Hopefully, of- the Constitution will shut it down because it's un-American and unconstitutional. I, I have a question for both because I and this is like a legit question. I'm not sure. Is there any other what other laws are are like that? Because you know, anti saying it's only government contract. Adam, you're saying is still uh, un-American. Is there any other kind of comparable um, boycott laws on the books or no? Nope. There's the BDS is currently the most popular boycott movement. Um, boycotts are generally done by individuals. Um, it's only recent that that basically people receiving money from the government have decided to protest the BDS movement. Um, but I, is there is there any other? Sorry, not to cut you off, Antar. But no. is there any other? Is there any other like anti? Because I know. You know, is there any other law on the book against other type of boycotts with government funding, or is there? I don't know. I'm not an expert. I just know that recently, because boycotts have been starting to be used by people taking government funds, thereby basically making the government say that statement. Um, that's the reason for these laws. Whether arising. they do business with Israel or not should have no effect on the government giving them contracts for for business in America. You can't receive money from the government if you go against the will of the government. If you want to go it's against the government, the will of the government, our government is controlled by Israel. If they're passing laws that we can't boycott them, how well, lots how, of Congress people have spoken out about this? You know, of course, lots of the internet is this is a place of free speech. People are not the internet, congressmen. Okay, Congress. I mean, don't try to act like APEC and ZOA don't have a, an enormous amount of influence in our country. Sure, we do, but. That's because people believe in it. Okay, and, and then when we talk about it, you say it's a conspiracy and you say it's oh. anti-Semitic and we can't. Yeah, they are. I, I've showed all. You can look at state.gov and, and see the definition of what it means to be anti-Semitic. You're not allowed to talk about Jewish control of anything. Government, Hollywood, media, nothing. It's all defined as anti-Semitism. Going on for on and on and on, bro. No one cares, bro. Really, no one cares what people are saying in the streets. People have been talking bad about Jews for thousands of years. Look over okay. and over again. I'm glad you, you brought know. that up. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to hold you on that point real quick. So so wow. these anti-Semitic tropes have been following Jews all around the world for thousands of years. Do you think it's the whole world that's just inherently racist? Or do you ever think, could it possibly be something that the Jews are doing in all of these countries? I mean, right, they've been kicked out of how many countries is it? What is it then? You tell me. I don't know. I believe it. I believe it's uh, just over a hundred. I've seen different figures, but I've seen Jews talk about this all the time. It's no, he's saying, what do you think? It, it never goes away. Why do you think what? that is? Is the whole world just anti-Semitic? No, he's asking you, Adam. He's asking you, what do you think? What do you think it is? Well, huh? I think that I think that if you go to a hundred bars and you get kicked out of all of them, maybe you should just think, maybe I'm not very good at bars. Not but right. What? Tell me how you really feel. So the whole world is the whole no, world just says the same things about about Jewish he, people exactly. all what over, and they're the is? ones that are the problem. What do you ah. think it is, though? He's saying, "What do you think the problem is?" That's what that's what Antar's question was. Usury, subversion, ta- uh, monopolizing uh, industries. 
it's been written about before, but but then what what they like to say, what the Abe Foxman of the ADL says is that, oh, the cause of anti-Semitism is jealousy. The Gentiles and the Goyim are just jealous and envious of your success. But don't talk about them controlling anything because that's anti-Semitic. It's for ADL. Stop. You you don't all Jews don't represent all Jews. You the ADL of Benai Brith. That people hate Jews is because they're the source of all the world's problems. I didn't Why? say that. I didn't say that. That's that's a mischaracterization. No, I didn't. You said say, stealing money. You just couldn't. Hold on, let me just get this on the record. Not all Jews are bad, obviously. And now we got the, Jews aren't the only people that are evil in the world. You're, They're not. You don't even have the you don't even have the strength to admit why you really feel, bro. You're dodging the question, bro. You hate Jews, and it's clear, bro, but you don't want to admit it. I feel sorry for you, bro. The real question is, is how many rabbis hate Gentiles? No, I think that's the question we should be answering. I'm not the supremacist, supremacist one that thinks I'm chosen and that everybody else is to be my slave in the end time. No one believes that except for you, bro, in, in your world. In your world, I've, I've seen rabbis say it, and I've seen it on the headlines of, of Jewish press. Which is owned by the Zionist media? Come on, man. Well, I want to say you're, something. You're being but disingenuous, I, man. People are going to see right through you. I'll take clips of this and then show the headlines, and you'll be proved right. as a fraud. Hold so on. you better, you better be oh. honest. I want to say a few things are tied together, but Antar, I guess that's that's a big, big point that people say is that there's a lot of people who believe that you know chosen people, and they see it as supremacy. And you know, how do you think there's any people of the Judaism faith? I don't even know if Judaism is the word, but you know, what I'm saying Judaism that feel that way, or do you think no, nobody feels that way? I think it's clear to see uh, across the board that every group has their idiots. <laughs> um, the point is, the, the, the main thing to understand is Judaism as being Jewish and the concept of chosenness is not just uh, acquired through birth. In fact, the first person to be called a Jew is Abraham. Abraham was not born Jewish. He acquired it through awareness. He, he became aware of things and tried to find God and found divinity. And through that, he became. The concept of Jewish is not just an inherently born thing. It's something that can be attained by all people. My wife converted to Judaism and is a Jew just as anyone else. All the information is public. If you feel that it's something that you wanna be a part of, you can learn publicly and you can become a part of a community. It's not an exclusive thing. It's not a secret cabal. It's literally one of the most well-known peoples. We make The Jews make up 0.01% of the population. It's not so exclusive as you're making it. And so I think it's important to realize that that's not, it's not the, it's not a supremacy clause. Jews come in all colors. I want to, yeah, I wanna, if you don't yeah, mind. I, wanna, I do want to say, hold on. And I'm, yeah, there's a lot of to, like Torah Jews. They're against the state of Israel. They're against Zionism. There's plenty of, of secular Jews in America that want nothing to do with Israel. They're anti-Israel. They hate the Likudniks, even Israelis that are out protesting against the treatment of the Palestinians. It, so I understand that, but I'm not talking about all Jews under one umbrella. I'm talking about the pro-Israel, Likudnik, right-wing like APEC, CPAC, CPAC, ZOA, what, those groups. What does what does a Zionist mean to you? What is the definition? What is your definition of Zionist? Good, good question. Uh, do, do we want to open up this can of worms, Anomaly? Or were you going to ask that one too? Uh, I, no, I, I'll I'll say one thing and then I'll let you answer that because okay. it might be a while. Because I want to not like play both sides in a fake way, but I I have a lot of Jewish friends and I think one reason that Jewish people do on average extremely well is they have like, like Antar said, really good family values. They teach business and like high level education early on and in group preference nepotism within the, a little bit within the faith as well, mm -hmm. where they're, they're always enlightening and, and giving their people knowledge and uh, you know, the, the wisdom to succeed. And I think that's something that people could learn from good families, good education, mm -hmm. learning. Um, but also I, I feel, I guess, the only thing that has recently struck my 
kind of thought process is in America, you know, there's a lot of censorship and there's a lot of words for it's a xenophobia, racism, sexism. And then it's like the most sexist people seem to be um, the women who just hate men, where obviously there's sexist men. But I find that the people preaching that message seem to be the most. There's sure. Islamophobia, which I don't even think that word makes sense just because you critique or dislike Islam. I don't know that it's a fear. So that whole world where doesn't make sense. Of course, there's anti-Semitism. So what, what has bothered me with that, I guess, has been uh, that all these groups, they're pushing for censorship using those words. And a lot of time there's big hypocrisy behind those words. It's the people who are the most hateful and judgmental and like in group that are, you know, projecting it onto others. So do you think, and I understand like every Jewish person doesn't like the ADL. I actually have some really good Jewish friends I've had on this podcast. They speak out against the ADL and they have for many years, but like Adam said, it was founded by whatever the oldest Jewish organization. Benibrith. Yeah, yeah. Benibrith. So it, there, there is a correlation where my personal thought, I'll let Antar say something, then Adam, you can get into your thing, is I agree there's people who legitimately blame everything. There's people who hate. There's obviously bad people who misdiagnose the situation, but they're also not just in Judaism or the Jewish community, but in every community, Republicans, Democrats, there's a self-accountability problem where I feel like it would make people feel a lot better if there were more people outspoken. Um, and, and there's a few, but you know what I'm saying, where it's like when I notice even my favorite free speaks advocates, they kind of reach a little bit with the word anti-Semitism and it, uh, it doesn't help. I agree too. I think it's a, it's a very important thing to understand. I'm a major advocate of free speech. As you know, I've rapped my whole life. I personally brought brought down a, the first private prison CEO when Juan Sanchez uh, re resigned, and that was through free speech. I don't think that anyone's rights to free speech should be curtailed, but what we do talk about is hate speech, actual hate speech, speech that in the if you look at the Rwanda genocides, what happened there was radio. On the radio, they programmed the Tutsis, the Hutsis, and it was a constant programming that they, it's called othering and creating an enemy language. I agree. No, I, yeah, real quick, and I'm gonna let you finish. I agree with that. But if I look at every, pretty much every mass media company, it seems to me that they're pretty anti-white nowadays. They have a word for every every group, except for whites, Christians, Catholics. And I'm off criticize whites, criticize Catholics. But I agree that mass media is a problem, not only there, but also in Nazi Germany, you know, it was control of mass media. But now it seems like our mass media is crushing our country. And I'm not, I don't know who's doing it. I couldn't agree more with that. Another thing, I couldn't agree more with that. And the thing is, is I promise you, if we would have a conversation where we took out Israel from the from the from the situation and all the charged notions that we have of what it is, you would, the three of us would have a great conversation because I also saw the lie, the lies of the media, and I saw that as having sat in the chairs of every single major media all over. The, I speak four languages, so I was on in Brazil, I was on in Latin America, and so I saw how they took my issue, which was a legitimate issue, and they diverted it to all these different things, and they talked. They created everything that it wasn't, and people almost forgot that a guy was making a million and a half dollars a year on the backs of 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 of, of children, uh, creating a private prison. So again, I'm uh, I'm all for discussion, but you have to understand there's a difference between discussion and repeating things which have been repeated throughout history, which have led to massacres of of Jews. One of the things that's happened over and over and over again is that certain themes have risen up. The Jews were called dual loyal in, in, in Rome and then they were massacred. And so it's it's a, it's a slightly different in terms of the history of the Jews in that it's important. Freedom of speech is everything. 
And that's that's the laws of freedom of speech go. It goes unto a point until you're provoking violence. And certain things, if they're not made clear, they're provoking violence, and that's not free speech. And I'll, I'll let Adam weigh in a second, but I, I agree that free speech is important. Uh, any threat, I think any sort of like literal violent threat, my issue is people are really reaching. I mean, you have you have the Armenian genocide where 1.5 million Christian Armenians were slaughtered. You obviously have slavery in this day. So I feel like it's it's same with like racism, sexism, xenophobia. They have a good idea, but their execution of it in America, you know, and especially Americans are very proud of free speech. It doesn't include hate speech. And in Europe, it's actually being used to subvert mm -hmm. people from speaking out against Islam, I'm sure against Judaism, many other things. So what it like hate speech is a very broad term. And historically, I, I agree with you that history has crushed a lot of people, but it seems like it's never happened in America explicitly because of free speech and the Second Amendment, which seems to be two things that people desperately want to take away. That's why thin a line. lot of people are very, very concerned. I agree. It's a thin line, 100%. Adam, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's really dangerous to, uh, there's no such thing as hate speech to me because, and it's dangerous to say that because you can interpret any speech that you hate as hate speech. No. And what we, what people consider hate speech is the speech that needs to be protected most. And, and they're already trying to interpret anything, any criticism of Israel, they can interpret as delegitimization of Israel and anti-Semitic. And they're pushing and lobbying in Congress to try to incrementally push these laws. Like in Europe, you're not allowed to question World War II. And you, and you brought up that you brought up uh, events in history and say like, oh, well, you know, people said this about us and then they, they killed us. But I don't really get that argument because what you're really saying is people got mad at us in the past for something so that nobody can get mad at you if you're still doing it in the present. See what I'm saying? Like, the argument just because stuff happened before and you your argument is you're one you are seeking to justify all the genocides of jews throughout history absolutely not absolutely not i'm i'm pointing out that you're saying that you that your people suffered before in the past so then now you're you want to be immune from criticism and i can't say things that people said a hundred years ago whether it's true or not no you can say whatever you want what i'm telling you is okay. These things were said as excuses to rile people up. They were not true, but they were used. The Jews have always been an outsider community because they've maintained their community. So they've been looked at as outsiders. One of the main things of communities is xenophobia. So an outsider is always gonna be hated on because of their being outsiders. In the Roman empire, they weren't allowed to own land. In most countries they've lived in, they weren't allowed to own land. And that's led them to, do, to, to seek other businesses which were successful for them. But these were outsider positions and they were forced into those by historical circumstances. So unfortunately, if you wanna say these things are true, these things are true, you have to look at A, the situations which credit which gave which created them. And also you have to realize that you're attempting to to justify every genocide against the Jews as having been done for valid reasons. You're you're hundred percent misrepresenting what I said. That's not what I said at all. Very, very disingenuous to say I'm doing that. Another thing you said, you were blaming Hezbollah for uh drug deaths. I think you should look into uh, the opioid crisis in America by legal pharmaceutical companies and who owns them, the Sackler family being one of them. It's half and half. Half of them are from legal opioids and half are from illegal opioids. That are okay, all right. And also you were talking about the founding, back when you were talking about why Israel is, a, is an ally, you were talking about the founding fathers. I guarantee you the founding fathers would be rolling in their graves if they saw the, the power, the foreign entanglement that we have with our co-country of Israel. Look at the latest APEC. Look at the latest APEC uh, logo and, and motto, connected for good. 
Exactly. You don't see how creepy that is? Connected no. for good? Oh, I don't at all. You call that a foreign entanglement? I'm pretty sure Washington wouldn't be happy about I'm pretty sure the founders wouldn't be happy about all the aid going to Israel and all the wars on behalf of Israel. It's a fringe news site. I want to um I want to say too, Anti, you were saying that you know Jews have been outsiders for history. It's also, at least, I don't, I don't know how. To be honest, I don't even know how much I trust when I go into like deep history, seeing how much they lie about today. It's like once I get into the thousands of years. But I want to say it's also because before Israel, you know, there wasn't really a place like you would always be an outsider, right? Technically, people with no country will always be an outsider until they have a homeland, and that's why Israel. That's what a Zionist is. I support Jews being safe and secure in their homeland. Beyond that is details, and I'm not always the best effort for those details. People being free in the Middle East, in a place where people are killed and people are, there's a lot of problems in the Middle East. If you, you can't only talk about Israel, if you don't talk about, I mean, Libya, they're selling black people for $400 a pop. Like, Libya doesn't control our government, bro. Did you see CPAC a couple weeks ago? Did you see all the build Israel great again has? Did you see all the panels about Jerusalem? I, I wanna, We're talking about 1% of the country. Jewish people are 1% of the country, but they basically dominate the whole Republican party. You don't see any problem with that. If you were an American and didn't have allegiance to Israel, you would be agreeing with me. Anybody in any country all over the world would be agreeing with me right now about a foreign country having so much influence in their home country. I'm sorry, but that's just the reality. You got it, guy. You're I, the I, position research we never paid. <laughs> I, want to, uh, I want to ask Adam this question. Would you be okay with Zionism and Israel if one, you know, America didn't seem so subverted and two, you know, if it was done respectfully because I, yeah. I've never like people call me a shell all the time, but one, I've never been to Israel. I don't know that much about it. Only what I read in the news. So uh, would you be cooler with it if you didn't feel like it was having such a negative effect on America? Sure. Yeah. The, the, I'll answer this by getting into the like, what does Zionism mean? So Antar just defined it as a safe homeland in the Jewish homeland in the Middle East. Um, but uh my problem isn't the Jews having a homeland. I'm fine with them having a homeland. The problem was is that they all decided to show up and and, and uh, declare their state where people were already living for a long time. Not and quite. yeah, you were there 3,000 years ago. You know, you can make that argument, but does everybody in the world get to go back to where they were? To, are we going to rewind the clock and everybody go back to where they were 1,000 years ago? Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish my point. I can't let you finish because you're not, you're lying about history. None of that happened. That's not how it happened. You're looking at the most complicated 40 years of, of world history and you're putting it into playground terms. So why did they need to go? They were spread all across the world. Why did they need to have their homeland be in Israel? I would have been happy if they would have gone somewhere else. Hold on, let me finish my question. I would have been happy if they went somewhere else and where there wasn't people already living and then built up their community it would have been great. They could have their Jewish homeland. That's fine. As long as they're not interfering and having us starting wars with their neighbors and trying to get more aid all the time, I'd be fine with it. Even right now, it, it, listen to this. All said and done. Terms, huh? <laughs> what? You want Israel on your terms. You don't, it doesn't make any sense what you're okay. telling me. Like, so why does it have to be in Jerusalem? Tell me why. Because the temple has to go there and you have to fulfill your prophecies. That's the, that's the end game of Zionism. That's written in the Bible. That's not a, that's not a. So you want to fulfill end times prophecy as no. written in your, whatever, what your ancestors wrote down. Oh. Th thousands of years ago. You're trying to fulfill all that. Not everybody believes in your religion. You can't use your religion to justify taking other people's land. Calm down. No one's doing that. Yeah, You're not a narrative with yourself and reading off of notes, bro. You need to really relax. I'm no, not reading notes, bro. You just said you're reading. Now you're not reading notes? 
You bullet said points. I'm not even looking down. At my, uh, I haven't looked down at my notes for like five bro, minutes at least. With yourself, bro. You're making all kinds of crazy claims, and you're not being. You're honest. losing the argument, so you're trying to insult all me right. and talk about me reading notes. No, let me. Let, let's hear what he says, and then I, I just wanted to say something as well. You, you can go ahead and sorry. Sure. I'm not, it's not an argument of win or lose. Like the, the fact of the matter is most people wouldn't engage you to begin with. So I'm just engaging so I can, I don't win or lose. Like I go back to You're my, not my first debate, you know, I, I, I've debated other Zionists before. I, don't care, bro. I really don't care because I don't spend my time debating. I don't spend my time making movies. I spend my time doing my job, working, educating. Spreading ZOA Hasbara on campus. Yeah, that's what you do. You don't debate, you just spread, spread the propaganda. Away, I sure do. Hey, I got a question. I got a question. Does Trump know? You know, Trump is real close with the ZOA. Does Trump know that you went on MSNBC and CNN and threw his immigration policy under the bus? What are you talking about, bro? What do you just be quiet, please? I'm curious about that. It's a it's a legitimate question. You 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 YouTube you and you're on CNN and MSNBC. Let him answer then. Let him answer then. If you're okay. gonna ask me a question, you gotta let him answer. The world knows that I spoke out against Southwest Key. Mm -hmm. I brought down a CEO. Okay, private prison CEO. I'm an actual activist. I saved thousands and thousands and thousands of kids and billions of dollars from the government. I'm not saying you're wrong for that. I'm Please. not saying you're wrong. Bro, I'm mm. getting angry now. All right? Guess. You can stop, bro. You haven't Go done ahead. anything. Get angry. That's all fine. Not the Jews, bro, and you haven't done anything. For all of your activism, I haven't seen you do one thing except aggregate videos, bro. You're talking mm. to me like I represent all of Jews. You're talking to me like the Jews are the problem of everything in the world. Bro, stop. Stop. Like, go out into the world, bro. The fact You're that losing you, bad, bro. You should, you should, uh, I'm not you losing. Should, you should cut it short. I'm not losing. Look okay. at you. Your notes are showing. The notes that you're not reading from. Yeah, I'm looking for the next thing I want to bring up because uh, you're not going anywhere with with I'm your. Uh, I'm losing. ZOA just went and met with you, Yuhida uh, Glick. You're going again over All right, and over. Anomaly. How long have we been going, Anomaly? What are you saying now? We're losing you. Well, I was it's not, it's I, I don't not like that long. Too much longer than an hour and a half. I start to get uncomfortable. No, nah, it's 60, 60 minutes, 64. Okay. You're looking so, for a way out now because I'm not going to engage you on these crazy claims that you're doing. Nobody believes I'm looking for a way out, man. Just say, right, well, guys, just be, be respectful and calm because the best argument is always just straightforward. And also, it takes a lot of courage for both of you. You both don't have to be here. You don't both have to discuss. The reason I wanted to bring it together is because it is a very serious thing in the world, not only in Israel, Palestine, the United States, and no one's having a conversation about this. So, you know, that's why I wanted to bring it together because I, I don't, I believe hate thrives when you just kind of leave things alone. But when you, you know, have conversations, it helps to understand a little more. So. Sure. I 100% agree. And I think the fact that you actually, that it's important to realize the things that you said have been said before and they've been said and no one's like Just they've been said before. What does that matter? Your propaganda has been said before, too. I've heard it a million times. It's not an argument. I, I want to ask you about Yuhida Glick. ZOA just went and met with him. He's a Knesset member. And he's obsessed with building the third temple. Do you want to see the third temple built? My God. Are you waiting for Moshiach to come? I'm waiting for you to just calm down, bro. Do you? Is, are you reading from your manifesto now? I'm starting to get like you. you, you really are saying too much, bro. Like. People are people. Everyone has their opinion. How can you say you worried about free speech and you're oh, they're impinging on my freedom of speech? And then every time they are your Zionist friends flag my videos and censor my videos all the time. A bunch of them, a bunch of them ran a, uh, some hoax against me to try to get me suspended from Twitter. YouTube is being sued by Prager. You 
who's a pro-Israel Jew. YouTube is not a Zionist media. Like you, YouTube is everyone is censored by YouTube. No one's talking about that. But the fact I almost didn't want to bring it up because I knew I knew you'd be able to throw that argument out. But the case, the 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 reason I still mentioned it is because oh, it's Zionist. It's pro-Trump people on Twitter trying to get me suspended, and it's them flagging my videos. I don't think all the videos exposing the Zionists are, are flagged, bro. And tons of them are in limited state. And it's legitimate news reporting, mainstream media articles, mainstream media headlines, and original source clips. And it gets censored because it's the truth. And and a lot of people in Israel and a lot of Zionists can't handle the truth. I, I want to say this real quick, I, uh, Adam. I don't doubt that your people are trying to censure you. And I, I don't doubt that it's pro-Trump people. They definitely don't like hearing this stuff. Yeah. But also, I think it is true that one, Laura Loomer, who <laughs> loves Israel, you know, banned from PayPal, Twitter. I, I concede. You're totally right. I already no, said And, and Rose, Roseanne, who's a friend of mine, who she's pro-Israel, pro-Zionist, but like, you know, she says a lot of other stuff where that's where I think, I think Adam, you're onto a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And you say stuff no one talks about and it's awesome, but also there is nuance in the community where maybe not in, you know, agenda wise and stuff, but they're like, it isn't just, they aren't just targeting, you know, anti-Zionist people. They're, they're out of control, honestly. And I, it's like, it's hard to misgendering, dead naming, mm -hmm. like, you know, you can't, Talk no. about trans, but they could beat the crap out of people in volleyball. <laughs> okay, well, also the comments, the the comments that I see from Zionists, they're they're repulsive, they're vile. They're from Nazi people and people that are saying crazy stuff. Don't speak on comments, bro, because I looked at your comments and it's I feel unsafe just public yeah. publicly debating you, bro. Because the people that watch your videos, the people that comment on your videos and you like, I watch you go down the comments and like them. It makes me feel very nervous, and that's why we talk about things because maybe you're nuanced. But the people in your thing calling for the destruction of all the Jews and this and that. No, I, I, I take down comments like that. I try to keep my, my I have moderators. I, I get rid of anything insulting like that. I've watched you respond in your live stream, respond to people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, you're stoking up people. Whether you, whether you- I like to see the, the, the video of that. Oh man, what are you sitting there? I'm not telling you, you can look at your comment section and the crowd that you are addressing is a crowd mm -hmm. that is I don't even I don't even know. It's like all right. There's Nazis in there. There's BDS people. That no, I'm not a Nazi. And 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 if any Nazis follow me, then then I don't want them to follow me. What about what about in Israel? What about Netanyahu accepting these uh, extreme right wing racists into into the party? These uh, these Kahanists that want to kill all Arabs. Fourteen followers. And that's with Twitter followers. It was nothing, bro. That was a big hoax. It was barely anybody. It was two dudes that were not. I really want to say this too because I think it's important for a lot of people to understand. I get I get hit from all angles, regardless of what I talk about. I I can get hit by people who actually agree with me, but they're just like mentally ill and bugging out. Yeah. But um, it's it's tough to judge people by their comments because like like Antar said, I'm sure he has a fine line of people who annoy the crap out of him and say awful things. Adam, I'm sure there's people who censor you, and I think that's something that some people don't understand sometimes where it's like if you're talking about anything if you're standing up or you have any sort of discussion that's on a high level a lot of people are getting censored a lot of people are getting uh, attacked and um you know yeah, but I, the conservative my problem though is that the conservatives always frame that they're the ones being censored but mean we meanwhile they're hypocrites because they turn right around and want to censor me and, and throw labels at me no, absolutely. that i reject yeah I know. a thousand percent that i i agree totally and that's their that's their weak point there is even with a uh, comedy i always say any comedy goes because it's hilarious don't ruin comedy but I mean, 
conservatives uh, were trying to take down whatever her name was, Michelle Wolf, when she made bad jokes. I agree, her jokes were awful, but you know, and they said, well, that's never been done to the president. It's not true. Obama had a Larry Wilmore roast the crap out of him, and it was it was mean, but it was hilarious. So he got I, him on the drones, right? Was yeah. Oh, it was it was yeah. savage. So more drones than uh, Steph Curry, or, or more bombs than Steph Curry. That's what he said. Savage. So I agree that conservatives are are very hypocritical when it comes to free speech. That's why I I go out and say, guys, mm -hmm. if you're gonna call out this stuff, you got to be pinpoint with it because if you start censoring people, that's why I've been slipping away. I agree with that, and I know like Adam, you're you're in the zone with that stuff. Um, you know, always working, and you see that, but. It does happen to other people as well. So mm -hmm. just, you know, as long as, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's what, that's why I, uh, I prefaced it with that. Uh, Antar, I want to ask you about uh, the war on terror and, and why I see Zionism as the reason behind that. And it's because. About that this whole time? What? You haven't been talking about it this whole time? Not, not really the war on terror, not deep into it. No. So, so Netanyahu wrote books in the decades before 9-11 about America fighting the war on terrorism. And when 9-11 happened, Netanyahu said it was a quote, very good for Israel. And then they were pushing and lobbying. What? Where? Where you, do you, you, you could that? You could just Google it. You can also Google about Netanyahu uh, in, a, in a secret. Hey, come on, man. I'm talking. A secret recording of Netanyahu saying that he's like bragging about how easy, America is so easily to easy to move and that uh, it's absurd how much support they have. This is him in a secret recording. But Netanyahu and Ehud Barak were all over the media, all over in Congress, lo uh, lobbying and, and pushing us into the start to launch the war on terror. What's your point? That they, every, a lot of people were for the war on terror. Yeah, yeah, like like Zionist neoconservatives in the Bush administration. Okay. You you could Google go to Haaretz and Google white man's burden. It'll the whole article will be there, written by Jews. It says. I don't I don't live my life based on these discoverings, bro. Things are happening now. <laughs> you don't live your life your life based on facts? No, well, no. I don't live my life searching up all these theories, bro. Five they're not theories. Well, the Zionist neocons in the war on terror is not a theory. Let me right? let me ask this, because th this is I think important. Uh, so there's a lot of Americans who, you know, I think Adam, you would say, and I would agree that were involved in the war on terror. You'd say Israelis were involved in the war on terror. I would say Saudi Arabia had some part in it as well as who knows the UN. They're allies. Yes. They're yeah. Allies. So there's a lot of, do you, and, and you know, maybe Antar agrees uh, we could see, but do you think that like, you know, there's people in Israel and Jewish people where it's like, not everybody's in on it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I'm not responsible for what uh, Obama did. I'm not responsible for what Bush did. So do you think Jewish people are responsible for everything that, say, Netanyahu does or that Israel does? Of, of course not. Absolutely not. But what I will say is just recently, Norman Finkelstein, the author of The, the Holocaust Industry, his parents uh, survived the Holocaust. He writes Later. that um, – or he, he was on Jimmy Dore the last week and said that Netanyahu is – did he interrupts me every time I'm talking. Netanyahu, he called Netanyahu a Jewish supremacist. And he says that the reason he's been in power for so long is because that is a that is how a lot of people think over there, and that that's why he's been in power for so long. And yeah, that's not and my words. Again, that's normal. That's Norman Finkelstein. Let, but no, let, obviously let, there's there's lots like, of parties over there. Not everybody likes Netanyahu. Yeah, people want more justice for Palestine. 
What do you What do you think, Ansar, about Netanyahu? I know Roseanne was she likes the other candidate, but I haven't looked too much. He's got to support him, man. He's with ZOA. He's got to support him. There, it doesn't matter what he thinks. Let him Let him respond. Let him answer, Let him talk for himself. You're okay. Well, I support my job. I vote in America. I'm a United States citizen and also a Brazilian citizen. Um, so I don't really vote over there. So my job is not to speak on necessarily Israeli politics. I deal with Israel's right to exist and also dealing with um, situations like this where uh, counteracting uh, just false ideas and disinformation. So you haven't proved anything I've said is false. Oh. All right. I, you've done that just fine. Um, People yeah. can go to my videos and see for themselves. I, I cite everything, man. You don't even know what you're talking about. Good for you. Well, my point is, is that I, that's not an area where I'm supposed to, or I speak on. I don't vote in that country. So I don't vote in Israel. So my opinions are my own personal opinion and I'm entitled to have those. What I just, that's all, that's it. The thing is, is not one Jew speaks for any other. Your, your, your assumption every time is that if this person says this, it's true about everyone else. I don't hold by that. I'm allowed my opinions and those are my own. But when it comes to situations, I personally have four Palestinian siblings. So their mother was born in, their mother was born in, in Nablus. And so I have, have to understand the conflict based on that, that I can look at someone who has the same father as me that looks exactly like me and, and is Palestinian, my mom's Jewish. The fact of the matter is, is when you blame one group, for example, Zionist in your case, you're ignoring the nuance. People were just five days ago protesting Hamas in Gaza, where, where Hamas fired live ammo at them and killed five people, right? What were they protesting? They were protesting the fact that there's about 40% employment of like 60% unemployment, and Hamas hires only 40% of the people in Gaza. It, they live in an open air prison, man. There's they, they can't have businesses and economy when Israel is surrounding them and, and doesn't allow trade. Doesn't it, they, they limit their water, their electricity. They're constantly being bombed all over the place. Do you have any compassion and empathy for the people in Gaza? All the people murdered that are protesting uh, at, at the, I don't want to call it the border because it's an apartheid wall. Do you feel bad for any of them? If you were Palestinian, would you be protesting for for the, the occupation, I would be in some. You think what I would? If you were lived in Gaza, would you would you be? Uh, let him. Yeah, you got to let him answer. Did one of these? This whole that's another you know, the whole thing. You did not tell. I told you that people in Gaza. You're not speaking for Palestinians. One of the main points that I'm bringing out is you are not looking at the nuance of understanding there are differing political organizations in the Middle East. The people, the Palestinians of Gaza do not support Hamas. They've been under control by Hamas. Any country is allowed to defend its borders. If Gaza was given unilaterally, they have 100% sovereignty over there. It's, a, it's, a, it's fair for a country, any country, which is sovereign to protect its borders. I've, see, I've been there, I've been there many times, and I know the situation very well. You know, if a country is calling for the annihilation of every single person in your country, you are allowed to erect borders, which you enforce. If you look back last year, don't interrupt me again. If you look back last year, you will see the, the, top, the top Hamas officials, political officials, they were bragging uh, that if, if, 50, if there were 54 Palestinians which were, which were killed in these protests, 53 of them were, were Hamas operatives, and, Pal and, and Islamic Jihad said an additional six were theirs. You have to understand that when a person's talking about Zionism and we talk about Israel specifically in the Middle East, the Arabs in Israel are exactly are literally only under uh, are the same as Palestinians in the in the in in Ramallah or Palestinians in Gaza City. They are under a different government. There's three uh -huh. governments at work. 
So I don't know what is it. What are you answering? I asked, do you have empathy for the people in Gaza that are protesting? I'm telling you, I have Palestinian brothers and sisters. I have mm -hmm. family that are Palestinians. Okay, so that's a yes. Then you do. Yeah. Yes, of course I do. I have. Okay. They are my family. They are my people. I so do you agree with the, the UN saying that it's war crimes for shooting unarmed protesters? Be completely biased for many, many years, and that's the reason why the U.S. is, is moving away from it. If you look at the UN, you look at the amount of corruption schemes, you know, what they do, it's not it's not a fair judge. Yeah, that, that's the line you guys like to say. Everybody's against you, but so it's the whole I'll say world. This. The whole I'll United Nations votes that, this, that the settlements are illegal. The whole United Nations votes, and then America comes and vetoes it every time for you guys. You don't see that as a problem? I'll you guys control our government with veto power at the United Nations? I'll say this, Adam, because I, I don't trust the UN whatsoever. I accept the critiques of Israel, and I think that your videos are um, you know, putting a light on things that not a lot of people are talking about. But the UN has an awful track record of being right. They have an awful, with Saudi Arabia, Iran, and just in general, like they're a total power grab for complete control over Europe and the United States. I can't stand. That's where me and Adam probably disagree more. I don't think you like Trump very much, Adam, right? Not really. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I should make a rap song that I don't like Trump. No, no everybody no. check out uh, Bankster's Paradise featuring Donald Trump. He was bailed out by Rothschild bankers, Wilbur Ross, who's the yeah. Commerce Secretary, Sheldon Adelson, APEC. Michael Glasner, an APEC representative, is, is Trump's running Trump's campaign. No, I'll you don't say see this, a problem I, with that. I I don't think Trump is perfect, but I think he saved us from extreme turmoil because even with the UN, like that's by not, moving the embassy by giving him the the Golan Heights, we're going to see a peace deal pretty soon, and that could launch a huge war. Sorry, to interrupt you, no, no, you're good. Yeah. He, he's definitely working with Israel. I mean, it's it's he's better to Israel than anyone. I don't think that's really debatable. Which he, makes he bragged, it, he bra which sorry makes to interrupt, but he bragged that Israel likes him more than America. And that Israel likes him more than anywhere else yeah, in the world. Probably, and this is an America first, no, make America great again, do. president. And that's that's awful what the, the media did to to make him so hated here. I, I don't disagree at all. But I guess I where I, we differ, Adam, because I, I think you're on point with a lot of stuff, is the world is extremely nuanced. I mean, mm -hmm. and I don't agree with any sort of intervention. I'm anti-regime change. I'm all of that stuff, but the same argument could be used against us in America. We're only 300 years old, and uh, you know we took it. Uh, if you go and look at maps, like everybody's taken it, which is an awful reality of what's mm -hmm. happened in the world. But that justifies people saying you have leftist people who say, "Well, this isn't your land; it's stolen land," and they want to bring all illegals here. And I don't really agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, but well, can not I respond only to that, that real quick? Like, Just like yeah. one second. Sure. If if I was back hundreds of years ago when America was was uh, genociding Native Americans, I would have not been supportive of that. Not every everybody in England and everybody in America was was on board with all that happening. Kind of no, like I, it's kind of like Jews who are not on board with everything that the governments do, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with it either. But the the truth of the matter is, but for, you are though. For us, we wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't exist. Like if that all didn't happen, I wouldn't exist. Native Americans today that are alive wouldn't exist. Nothing would be the same. You know, it's just like I can't even go back mm -hmm. there. So I can <laughs> only do what I can to make the world a better place. Now, also, I I do think that the both sides of Congress. It what really annoys me is stuff, Adam, that you talk about is our Congress members from Pelosi to Schumer to Feinstein to the right-wingers. It's like they, they don't get anything done here, but they're quick to give everything to Israel. That absolutely is annoying, and it, it mm -hmm. seems like a problem. 
but also uh the un is not trustworthy at all like if i had to pick israel or the un i'd probably pick israel just because the i really but when you say the un you're you're making it sound like it's just like one organization it's leaders from all over the world just voting on what they think about things absolutely but it's it's a it's a total power grab they want to control europe and they want to subvert the united states they're the un and the eu and nato their yeah. track record is miserable with treaties with wars i don't trust them at all and i find them to be a major threat and it's i'm not saying that israel's perfect but it's mm -hmm. like i don't I don't like anything the UN. Does. Well, I'm not saying no. the UN is is perfect either. I was just asking if he has compassion for the the Palestinian shot in Gaza. Does he agree with the UN that it's war crimes? I don't agree with the UN on anything for all the above stated reasons. I'm actually a uh, quick plug that I'm not paid to do, but Amazon Prime has a great movie called it's like The Art of the Backstab or something, which goes into one of the greatest uh, scandals that happened uh, in in the UN. But Again, I don't, I, I told you my family, I have Palestinian family members mm -hmm. and I separate. When I look at these organizations, I don't blame it on one, one person. I look at the facts on the ground, the, the competing political organizations. Again, I'm in America in this country, you can look it up. I'm the biggest enemies of the prison industrial complex in the country. I spoke mm -hmm. for three weeks doing, doing, org, doing interviews in, th in th th four languages all over the world, sitting in my thing, warning people of the dangers of, of the prison industrial complex and threatening people's freedom. Uh, two week, three weeks ago, the CEO resigned, and that was based on direct based on direct testimony that I gave um, over and over and over again in the New York Times and here and there and uh, Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. And so when it comes to freedom, I'm, I'm the most hard line on that. And I think it's very important. And I think you have to look at if, for example, the, the regime in Iran, the average Iranian is going to tell you the regime is garbage. And there, the, the, there's been millions of people who have protested the Iranian regime. And I empathize and I feel a lot of kindness and empathy. And I hope that the world will hear the plight of the Iranian people as they fight a repressive regime. And I feel the same as and the Palestinians. And as long as people follow Hamas's lead and divert the problems onto the Jews, instead of accepting the fact that they've been the ones most profiting from the suffering of Palestinians, we're gonna to continue to have problems because as long as people apologize for Hamas, as long as people apologize for, for, for Mahmoud Abbas who's in the 14th year of his, fourth, of his four year term, we're gonna to continue to see Palestinian suffering. Israeli Arabs who are no different than their Palestinian cousins have full and equal rights. If you serve in the legislative body, which is the Knesset, you have full rights. You can look up the, the Mavi Marvara. There was an Arab Israeli, um, an Arab Israeli MK, member of Knesset, meaning she wrote the laws and she was on a ship that broke the blockade and fought against Israeli, Israeli, Israeli troops and they were carrying weapons on the boat and she still served out. She literally just peacefully resigned recently. And so you have to understand it's a concept of political organizations. And if you're talking about Palestinian suffering and you're not gonna talk on the fact that Palestinians themselves in Gaza are protesting Hamas and getting fired on by them and journalists are getting beaten and killed by in, in Hamas, in Gaza by Hamas. And you're not gonna talk about what's happening in Syria. You're not gonna talk about what's what, what Mahmoud Abbas is. Why aren't you calling for him to step down from his presidency? It's 14 years. Um, he, he, he announced when they announced uh, a drop in aid, he went out and bought a $250 million private plane. Maybe it was less than that, but he brought a private plane. Okay. All right. That's enough. Let me, let me respond. That's enough there to respond to. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not Palestinian. I'm not uh, an expert on all the history of Hamas. Thanks for but, admitting. What? Thanks for admitting that. Right. Yeah. 
Well, I didn't I didn't come here to debate you specifically on Palestine and, and Israel. I wanted to talk about American Zionism problems. Uh, but let me finish. Um, I, I do know some. I'm just I'm saying I'm not a total expert. Didn't write. A, I don't do videos endlessly about about that debate. But um, Abbas, I did visit the West Bank and um, I'm not making any excuses for Abbas. And in my belief, from what I saw on the ground there is that not everybody there is happy with him and they think that he actually works with Israel and that's why Israel has allowed him to stay in power for so long because he's not doing anything to make it better for the Palestinians. Because you know Israel, I was at the Yasser Arafat Museum in the West Bank and they have a huge uh, uh, presentation on the wall of all the targeted assassinations. You guys are very clever when it comes to uh, uh, warfare, when it comes to no, I don't assassination. The Mossad, the Ergon, the Stern Gang. Antar Davidson from the ZOA. I'm not. Yeah, I, I think to okay. be fair, Adam, too, I apologize like, for if, that. I apologize if Trump for that. or America attacks somebody, like it's not you wouldn't be like your people or you. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. Your, your, your side. I'm sorry. That, that's not fair. But I did specify of which groups it was. So he's still in bottom line. He's still in power. He's not helping the, the Palestinians. They, they want more. So I, I don't disagree with you on that particular issue. And, so, and same with same with Hamas. But I do think that blaming Hamas, it's like blaming the victim a little bit because Hamas is a victim of of the occupation as well. It's not like they're just a normal government. You don't think there's any impediments for them to, to be successful? Can you repeat what you said before you make that claim? You're not an expert on Hamas, are you? Yeah, I, I knew you were going to lay on that. Sorry, you're wrong. Hamas is funded by Iran and funded by the Muslim Brotherhood and is making quite a bit of money on the tunnel traffic. They take 25% of all contraband good that they run through the tunnels and they sell them to Palestinian people for triple the price. So again, you have to look like, Blaming the Zionists is literally going to get you nowhere. You have to look at people that are directly profiting from Palestine. So you think it's all Hamas, that all the problems are with Hamas and Israel are don't do anything wrong? No, no, no. Okay, so, so what does Israel do wrong then? How can they improve? Israel is a democracy, so people are, it's up to them to improve how they want. People are voted out. You look at the soldier of Lord. I'm asking you, though. You're, you're a person. You're not a whole group. What do you think Israel could do better if they're, do, if they're not, if they're responsible for, for some of the problems over there? Uh, let's repeat the whole thing that we over and again. I don't speak for all of Israel, so let's calm down with that. But I will mm -hmm. tell you, as a democracy, the Israelis themselves, presidents, if there was a soldier named Alor Azaria recently, he well, there was a situation in Hebron, a, a terrorist that came and stabbed two soldiers, and then he was he was shot and he was on the ground bleeding out. In that time, this is where it was debatable. In that time, Elorazaria came, shot shot the terrorist, killed him, and then there was a huge drama in Israel for the entire year. They went back and forth. Are they gonna persecute? Are they gonna prosecute him? Are they gonna prosecute him? Are they gonna prosecute him? And then they did. They gave. They, he went to jail. Lorazaria went to jail for 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 shooting a, a terrorist who was who had just committed an attack. Then he went to jail. While I was in Israel at the time, I'm not sure if you remember this, but a resident of East Jerusalem, uh, a resident with full equal rights uh, in the country, drove a tractor. Um, he drove a one of those tractor things with the big things in the front, and he he drove. These it. are just like anecdotal uh, anecdotal examples. I, I we could go tit for tat, and I can yeah, talk about a bunch of stuff. Uh, who is who who has had me, more casualties? Let Antar, me ask here. Let in me the ask. last ten years or last twenty years. Adam, let, how let, many Israelis have died, and how many Palestinians have died? Not, bro. Uh, let me ask a question. He doesn't want to answer the question because he knows it's like ninety nine percent to Hold one. On. I want to ask a question because I I understand you know Antar, you don't speak for Israel. You probably don't even fully everyone has different opinions and perspectives, even within your organization. 
But to Adam's earlier question, what do you think Israel or maybe Jewish Americans can improve on? Because like say I like I like President Trump, um, but I think there's a laundry list of things that maybe he and conservatives can do better. So do you have anything? 100%. Look, that's that's what I was trying to answer until I was blamed for all the, the deaths of Palestinian children. He just said that. Whole yeah, time. you can go. I just say is the main point is I I subscribe to the, the Ben Shapiro idea of good Trump, bad Trump. So I like what he does good. And if he does bad, I don't think that I would raise my daughter to try and be like him or date someone like him. But I, I do celebrate good policies. In America, I think, and in Israel, it's important to know that the key is realizing is 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 how do we increase prosperity and decrease suffering? No, I agree. But what do you think? That's what I'm asking you. Like you could, like, what do you think Israel and the Jewish American lobby, whatever you want to say, or people, Jewish people in America, what do you think they could improve on? Sure. I think honestly, I think it's important to, as you say, dialogue is everything. There hasn't been a conversation like this where where we've been able to dialogue openly and have and have truthful and open conversations. I think it's important that. Um, the, the, the Jews in America are sensitive to the feelings of Americans and that you can't, and this is what I've been noticing, right? In the condemnation, and I've spoken out a bit against this and I've been in, in, with my people, and I've said the condemnation against Ilhan Omar, a lot of people have condemned her and everything, but people don't realize that she's voicing the opinions of a lot of people. And I think it's important that people are addressed and people are spoken to on their level. So I think, it, as I said, the dialogue is very important. We need to understand how to explain things correctly and work on and work on communicating and improving communication. As you say, there are more and more people that are that are skeptical of Israel, that are against Israel, and and they feel that they feel threatened by Israel. So I think it's important that we we are we, we are able to truthfully engage and 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 address those concerns. And so people are knowing what's actually going on, and they don't feel that they're having one over their heads. I think in Israel it's the same thing, and it's a constant discussion. They don't leave that discussion in Israel. Everyone, people are tired of war. No one wants to fight a war. There's not, and if they do, they're nuts, <laughs> and they should be they should be put away. Anyone that is enjoys the act of killing is a sick person in my mind. No one wants to kill unless they have to. And I think. And my thing in Zionism, and I think what I, what drives me is ultimately peace. And I want to, and I, I know that takes a new language, and that's all based on communication. Because of the way people have communicated over the past 30 years, or basically we'll say since the Oslo Accords and Palestinian Authority took control of the textbooks, as well as Hamas, there hasn't been a language of peace. And I think on both sides, we need to be building this con this building this ability to speak peacefully and also co-create peacefully. I'm, I'm a big subscriber to the concept that we'll see peace in the world when peace becomes more profitable than war. And that's, I think, and also a thing, and I don't, I don't speak for nor defend the system of military industrial complex. I know that's where a lot of problems happen and I'm equally against those elements of the conflict and I will call them out always. But I think it's important to know that things are complicated. And again, we need to figure out, I'm a big subscriber of the creative economy. And uh, basically the shift, it's Richard Florida, it's a shift from, from, from industrial capitalism into creative capitalism where we foster creativity. And I think that's a really important thing that needs to be done more and focused on more is, is moving into these places where we learned that we learn how to co-create at a more profitable rate than we learn how to fight each other. Adam, what do you think about that? It, it it sounds good. Um, a lot of uh, good things you said there, but I just I don't, I'm not seeing the peace. I'm not I'm not seeing Israel's desire to have peace. You know, they're one of the most militaristic countries in the in the world. Judea of Judea and Samaria, 
where they hire exclusively Palestinian workers and they'll say, man, we're really glad that we can work here because Hamas is not building factories. Uh, a Palestinian authority is not building factories. I'd be more than happy to talk to introduce you to a lot of Israeli Arabs. The, 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 the Israeli Arab Muslims have, who have the highest quality of life in the world live in Israel. <laughs> They have the most rights. There's in 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 yeah. In you, you guys you guys like to say that, but there's I I went and talked to refugee camps in the West Bank, and I heard the horror stories from Palestinians in the West Bank, the West Bank of Palestine, not Judea Samaria. It's a little insulting to to say that. Do you do you want what do you want to see out of this? Oh, and by the way, uh, for peace, I see a militaristic country. I see young kids uh, in in Israel being being taught to hate Arabs, just just like on the other side occurs some. I see the arms sales all over the world. I see the wars in the Middle East that, that are being uh, for Israel's benefit. The problem is against the military industrial complex. Israel doesn't represent that. Israel is a part of that just like all other nation states. You have to understand that when you scapegoat Israel and have Israel represent your problem with the military industrial complex, that's scapegoating. And that's Where did we get our false information for the Iraq war, for the WMDs? You can look it up. It's, it's on Fox News. Israel gave bad info. Netanyahu said, sometimes you need to be bombed into going to war. You, dude, you keep interrupting me every time I talk. I'm being polite and allowing you to talk. You didn't address what I talked about. You're not. I'm addressing peace. You rambled about peace and said a bunch of uh, uh, you know lovely catchphrases, and I'm trying to respond to it, and you keep interrupting me. All right, I'm about done, Anomaly. I can tell. What, what are we, an hour and 45 minutes? Second time. Well, an hour and 35. Well, I guess I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Time. I just want to get a little more word from you because I, mm -hmm. I see both your perspectives, and obviously, Adam, I think your channel – highlights a lot of stuff that people don't understand. You almost exclusively focus on Israel. And I don't know that anybody goes more in depth and puts together compilations that make it very clear to see some stuff people aren't talking about, which is Thank awesome. And yeah, absolutely. And I don't think people should censor you. And I absolutely think conservatives can't handle that truth. And they're super annoying about it. Um, however, the reason I like Trump, I just want to say, because I, I get called a shill and stuff. There's a lot of battles going on in the world. And um, I think that our relationship and the fact that our Congress seems totally subverted and useless is a major problem. But I also see like cultural Marxism, far leftism as a problem. I see Ilhan Omar. I defended her right to say that stuff. And I said people were exaggerating, which I do believe they were. However, I can't stand her. I don't think she's a safe bet or anything where it's like you do have Islam in the world, which is, you know, a, an ideology that I don't know that it works well with Western world. Uh, you have far leftist ideology of like socialism and communism that always ends in disaster. So my thought with Trump is like, there's certain things that we are just tied to, whereas uh, we can't change the fact that United States started on what some would call a genocide of Native Americans that can't be changed. Now, I don't think we could change the fact that we're reliant on the petrodollar. Like, why are we working with Saudi Arabia? It's like, well, if we stop, our whole economy might completely collapse, you know? So I, I do think that the Southern border is a massive problem and 50 to 80,000 people coming. So my thought is there's like 10 or 15 problems in the world, the military industrial complex, which spans multiple nations, the media, which does have a high percentage of Jewish people in it. Uh, however, nowadays there are other people who are pushing bad information. And, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of influence from foreign countries as well. China is you know, has a decent amount of control. So m my thought is, and I'll see what you say, Adam and Antar, where I think you have every right to talk about Israel. You have every right to call it the military industrial complex, Netanyahu, uh, the fact that Congress seems to not do a good job when it comes to America. 
Um, but I guess that's my question for you, Adam, as somebody who has seen your videos and appreciates them. Do you think that there's other things going involved? And at a certain point, I guess the only thing I'm concerned at is the ideology like a socialist or a communist where they they always just don't like America, but they're like, if we knock this down, there's going to be a better thing there. But I mm -hmm. feel like communism, it's worse. Whereas even with Israel and the Middle East and even the United States has been involved in, um, what is it, Iran. Like they, they screwed up stuff back in the day as well, always intervening and stuff. Where my, what I'm concerned about is people, even when it comes to Israel and the United States, uh, I'm afraid of making everything worse. So that's my thing where it's like, I want to be critical. And um, that's the reason I like Trump, where it's like, I feel like he saved us 10 years of destruction as opposed to like immediate chaos, where it's it's not perfect. I, I will continue to support your right to call everything out and say, you know, call it like you see it. But do you think it's nuanced or, or are you... Yeah, that's that's just my my two cents. Um, what I'll say on that is all the time, like in my comments, people say like, oh, you're you're against Zionism or you're against Israel. So you're with the Arabs as if it's like if you're not if you're not for one, you're obviously you're you're automatically with the other. Or if I'm, I do videos on Trump, they'll say, oh, you love Hillary. You're a Democrat. You're you're with Soros. None of that is true. I'm I'm not a liberal. I'm not a Republican, a Democrat. I decide each issue by myself with what I think is the right thing. I care about justice. And, um, it, you know, where else I want to take this is you mentioned before that I focus a lot of my or almost all of my videos recently on Israel and Zionism. And that's because I see as that as the most clear and present danger and having the most influence over over our country right now, especially with Trump getting in. So that's why I focus so much on 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 that issue. Yeah, it wasn't a knock. It's just, I was just saying in general, yeah. Right, yeah. You know, you can't specialize in, in everything. No, no, that's why mm -hmm. I support your right. And I understand a lot of people don't want to hear it and I'll always back your right to say it. I guess that that's just my thoughts because even with me, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, you've mentioned it and, and it was text-based. So it's like, mm -hmm. I can't, We I don't understand tone and you know, it's like, we, I'd rather talk like this, but uh, I, you're like, you know, you have Zionist friends and stuff where it's like, it's true. You know, I'm friends with Roseanne. I have conservative friends who I agree with them on some things. We disagree on others, but it's it's the same with with you as well and other people. Where if you if you have any sort of nuance or you're like me, where you try to facilitate discussion and call out twenty things, I, I constantly get blamed and yelled at by everyone. You know, and and like because Can't make I have, everybody happy. You know that anomaly. Absolutely. Even if ninety nine percent of people like what you're doing, no matter what guest, no matter what you say, there'll always be somebody, and they'll usually be the most vocal. Well, that's just what I wanted uh, people in the comments and also yourself where it's like, just, you know, everyone needs to be a little more considerate, you know, rather than like jump down at somebody just because they're saying something, including people who are against you, Adam, who don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, to, to Antar, I'll let you speak real quick. But my thought, you know, having a lot of great Jewish people in my life who've been very generous and friendly and loving to me, um, I think for the Jewish community and even Israel, one of the main concerns of um, people like myself, even Adam and others, is the fact that our Congress is just not working. It seems like our media legitimately hates our country and the people who literally founded it. And um, it it's easy to, you know, scapegoat or blame Israel and Jewish people because they're in such high level positions. And also uh, our Congress, it it is a little weird that the only thing that they ever seem to agree about is when it comes to like APAC or Israel. So that's my, you know, what I'm telling even my Jewish friends and stuff where to lessen that hate, I think calling everything anti-Semitic is bad. 
because it just makes people mad and even censorship because then people run in a corner and i've been a i mean i've been attacked by people that are of that mindset for not going far enough so i know that it exists and um that's that's my thought to you to to stop that hate and also it's like every community we're not responsible for what all our people do whether it be skin color religion but if we work at organizations such as yourself and, and whatnot i think that is the best way to stop hate like my man daryl davis black jazz musician he got hundreds of people to quit the kkk because he was just keeping it so real that they realized they weren't racist and i think if people keep calling everything anti-semitic and ignoring it it, it only builds people's hate and distrust a thousand Same with censorship yeah a thousand percent i agree and i think uh again one of the main main essence of my work is in, in, in again bringing out nuance and having people understand that you can't paint any situation with the with the wide stroke um and that's important for me and i think again freedom of expression is important us being able to communicate is important and also us being able to tease out the nuance and understand that there's always more than meets the eye and i think again adam i want to say i also respect you very much because the quest for justice and the quest for truth is the most noble thing a human being can do and i think mm -hmm. the fact that you are so concerned and the fact that you really put in a lot of effort to understand the truth and to find the truth. I admire that in you and I respect that in you. And that's the main reason why I was willing to come here and discuss with you is because you are on the same hunt as I am. I also am trying to find a peaceful solution. I want to find the truth. I want to find justice. I worked mm -hmm. on that in my work outside of Zionism and I've grew up in San Francisco. I was born in San Francisco. I grew up very justice oriented. And so again, I really think it's really important that to find justice, I think the key is understanding the nuance and I agree and I, I'm with you guys in that 100%. And I would like to, at any time, like be able to be on this conversation, like open to interface and dialogue with you guys and kind of keep the door open because I think it's important. The more we talk, the things that happen in a vacuum are dangerous. And so, again, nuance is key. And, and above all else, I respect the pursuit of justice. And so I will work with people, anyone that pursues justice and I pursue justice, I will work alongside them. And hope and work to find confluence between our ideas, and that 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 lead to real, real, real solutions on the ground. Yeah, I'll just say real quick that uh, echo chambers create uh, extremism and polarization, and and I hope that this talk was uh, beneficial to people. And I appreciate you both of you guys for for doing it. And um, hopefully, uh, I'm not I'm not optimistic for this Kushner peace deal. And I don't think that uh, the Golan and uh, and uh, removing doing some of the stuff they've been doing is going to help. But um, hopefully we will get I, I at least happy that you want to see positivity come out of uh, the region. You want to have peace. And um, I don't know if everybody there feels the same feels the same way, but uh, you do. So kind of credit to you for that. You also I work with them. Mm -hmm. they yeah. None of my stuff is is based on hate. It's all for justice and, and truth. I don't have hate in my heart. I don't say, I don't know if you've watched all my stuff, but it's, it's very clean and very fact-based and very honest. And I just want to say too, thank you guys for coming. It takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there. It takes a lot of courage to speak to other people and people in the comment section I get on YouTube. It's easy to say any, anything. It's mm -hmm. harder to say to someone in person. And the hardest step but the most important step is to have conversations with people you disagree with, have conversations with people in real life so you can meet individuals and understand uh, that's where the change happens. And then, you know, you could create your own content, do your own thing. And uh, that's all we can do. Thank you guys for joining. God bless you guys. And once again, thank you to Adam and Antar. 
Uh, very legendary. And I appreciate you guys being here. It takes a lot of courage and strength. God bless you guys. Make America debate again. It'll be on Apple Podcasts, Google Play in a few days. Nice. Thank you, Anomaly. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Adam. God bless both of you guys.